My name is Dimitri, and I'm a productivity and minimalism enthusiast. I'm Chance. I'm a philosophy and ethics enthusiast. And you're listening to the Rise Productive Podcast. The show where productivity meets philosophy. And what it means to build a better life. Enjoy the show. Yo, people. What is going on? Welcome back to the Rise Productive Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to tackle a topic that is near and dear to both of our hearts. It's about the best productivity app to ever exist, bar none, no hedging, notion. The all-in-one something-something app, I forget their slogan. <laughs> the all-in-one workspace. Yeah, that was close. How you been? Uh, you know, uh, it's a, it's a crazy time of the year, um, and... We're getting to the point of wrapping up a lot of the the build portion of that busy at work. I've been making a lot of ads and then managing them is not nearly as bad. You know, like the setup and all the nitty gritty of not getting it wrong. That's a lot of a lot of work. Um, but there's just so many other good things. I made a second brand in Notion. Um, podcast and channel have been great. I have a plan this week to start a new uh, wake up time which I kind of hinted that I might do to you, and you're like, oh, bro. Uh, <laughs> but during the weekdays, I very well am gonna, probably going to start waking up at 4.30 specifically because I've been naturally waking up at 4. Uh, and I just, like, force myself back to sleep. And that's really weird, like, that it's happening like that. But I'm going to bed at, like, 9.30 at the latest nowadays. And then my body's like, hey, you're, you're at, like, six and a half, seven hours. You should wake up. And I'm like, oh, dang. All these years of managing off of six and a half, seven is coming back to to bite me because I wake up at ungodly hours of the night now. And like technically I'm at equal sleep as to when I was previously. <laughs> yeah. Kidding. I mean, it makes sense with not as much running. I think that was the most physically taxing thing you were doing. You're obviously still working out to, I would say, a less intense degree, but it, it makes sense yeah. that you're running on the same or less amount of sleep because... When you first told me you were going to start waking up at 4.30, I was like, man, that's, when you're in the fours, that's a different ball game than the fives. Whole different ball game. Yeah. So, that's a, that's a, yeah. I was a little concerned, but I, I think you'll, you'll manage just fine. And you've got the self-care down a little bit too, so. It's healthy. All I got to say is, I'm not saying I'm doing self-care right. I'm just saying. I'm doing it right for me at the moment because, man, I sleep like a baby now. And, I, and I've been getting a lot of nice, like, there's something nice about, because I'm pretty go, go, go throughout the day. You know me. I'm always, there's always something coming in my head, and I'm kind of annoying sometimes when it comes to that stuff. But uh, I genuinely can calm down at night and, like, read, meditate, stretch, and I'm just like, all right, 45 minutes to an hour of no input, just... Like no uh, out external forces like giving me information outside of like a book, which is not the same. Like no, no tech, like no tech stuff coming in, and me not putting out any ideas. Just no producing. Only calm, only relaxing. It's nice. Nice man. Yeah, definitely. Uh, just gotta put gas back in the tank, and then you can empty as much as you want. How have you been doing, man? doing well it's a exciting time for the me is for exciting time of the year for me as well a little more positive we got the uh the postseason cross-country season upon us with conference this friday so 
it should be it should be a fun one. Aside from that, staying in the present this week, um, I listened to an audiobook by Michael Pollan called Caffeine, which attempted to scare me out of yes. my coffee addiction, but alas, did not permeate my addiction. And then um, also, uh, I'm not doing the minimalism challenge with you officially, but I did get rid of quite a few things. I just handed out about 10 of my shirts and threw away a number of things in my room. So that always feels okay. good. That's dope. We like to hear it. Uh, we got a lot of stuff prepped for the challenge, which starts tomorrow. Uh, I'll see how long I'll make it. The fam is helping me to a certain extent, which is really nice of them and it's helping them. So they're like, yeah, we'll do, we'll do some decluttering. Uh, they didn't realize uh, at the start of it, cause I, I said it, but maybe it didn't come through. I probably didn't make it clear enough. Like they thought it was mainly like donated, donated stuff. And I'm like, no, you can recycle like old stuff you don't use or throw it out and it works. So I think this challenge is going to be easier than I thought it would be at the beginning. Yeah. I don't think I could hit the total, but maybe I'll, maybe I'll start writing a a list down, a posted note here or something of how many items end up getting rid of and see if I can maybe keep up to the number, but just not do it at that same pace you know i'm not spending one day getting rid of one thing two the next day it's like 50 things one day that puts me like 10 days ahead Mm, that that could work a 30-day span of just getting this a certain amount or 455 i think or 65 i think is the number right i'm I'm thinking end numbers 30 days 450 whatever items you could do that i think i i believe in you we'll see man that's still a daunting daunting figure but um you want to hit us with that enthusiast quote of the week here before we get into the topic of Notion, which I think we'll be able to talk about for well over an hour? Yeah. Uh, so Jim Rohn is a guy who I'm a big fan of. It's a He's a sort of productivity self-help guy that came up out of Iowa as a not in a non-affluent area and then became a multimillionaire and was like a motivational speaker and has a lot of very tangible uh, advice that still works now. He unfortunately passed away in like 08, but his speeches are awesome. Just recommend listening to anybody uh, who wants to. But his quote that I pulled was, um, if you don't design your own life plan, chances are you'll fall into someone else's plan. And guess what? They'll have planned for you. Not much. Yeah, I, I really like this quote. Resonates with me maybe deeper than you do as a true and true extrovert who loves giving i'm speaking to myself in the third person i love giving myself to other people giving my time energy and essentially my agenda in a lot of senses but since i started using notion as we'll get into here i've been able to gamify my tasks and give back time to myself which has been really nice it's true if you don't give a plan for yourself you're going to follow someone else's plan I think it's awesome that like this system itself has led you down just feeling that you're able to, to give yourself more time, right? There's something, there's something very special about just one tool doing something that great for you. And I think Jim's really awesome in the sense that like he didn't come from much. He has a lot of very tangible ideas that he'll, he'll spit off. Like some of these speeches are just amazing. Uh, and I, I just want to recommend this guy to anybody for like, just look up Jim Rohn motivational speeches. Honestly, if you look up one of those, you'll probably see me commenting on there uh, because I do that 
and like it's, it's great <laughs> I, I just don't know what to say outside of like he is a, a lost gem him and um les brown are my two favorite motivational speakers personally um he's the guy who i'm trying to remember what motivational ones les brown has anyways uh i think it's good and it's a good segue into the topic because you know, you used to have a different idea leading up into this process before I showed you time blocking. You were a very paper driven and like free flowing sort of organizational person. Is that a is that fair? I would say that's fair. There were systems. It was as you say, all hardware and the nature of the hardware was much more short term than long term, which surprisingly can lead to a lack of consistency even if you have a a system where it's like i'm always going to do these tasks when the number of tasks rises and falls you're led to an inconsistent type of work routine so yeah my old setup was essentially two-prong i had an agenda daily agenda that i've really been using since like freshman year of high school when they handed out for Mm. free at my high school every year i always got a free agenda kind of epic but i used to do that and write down my daily tasks with little check boxes so you knew i was born for notion and um yes additionally would go through at the beginning of the school year because they weren't on semesters and just put in like when all the big exams were scheduled so that in the future when i finally flipped to that week i could get a nice pleasant surprise and say oh yeah this exam is here so it certainly had its positives. I think physically writing stuff down is good. I still hold that philosophy for note-taking in classes. I think psychologically it's been proven to be a little more effective than electronic note-taking, typing. But big negative was, um, as I kind of alluded to, you don't see that long-term stuff unless you're physically flipping through pages. And it's just way easier to just scroll down weeks and weeks of Notion pages or calendar, have you. And the other prong of this system was a calendar that I always had hanging on my wall. And I just put big events on there. Um, and it is kind of nice. The nature of my work is a little different than yours, Dimitri. So mm. I do a lot more reading and non-desktop tasks. So there will be days when the big day, like even now, there are days when the big task is just read this, like read these printed readings. Again, like I... I still have a propensity to go back to physical things like printing out my notes and annotating. But, um, so because of that, it was really good to have a physical calendar. Even if I didn't open my laptop saying like this big item is due like in a couple weeks, look at that. But again, the negative being you don't flip to the next month often. You don't really look at what is coming up on like the first or second of the next month. And you can't fit enough big stuff on one day in a calendar. Like this is like a very logistical thing. But like if I had like mm. two exams and like um extracurricular event coming up all on one day, you can't fit all three of those things there. So. And like the physical writing of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like if you do, your phone's too small to ever see it. It's a small logistical thing, but that couple negatives from the old setup. Yeah, I think that's interesting because I actually use the, I think our school for a long time till high school gave us the free agenda planners and they didn't have check boxes. And what's interesting, and this just occurred to me, you know what I think really was missing in school systems in general? There's two main things. 
they should have a class called planning an organization and then personal finance. And I think the planning and organizational ones can be given to kids probably by the time they're in junior high. Uh, Cause that's when it probably starts mattering that they get mildly organized. Uh, and that, that sounds dumb maybe to, I'd say a lot of parents would be like, Oh, I mean, actually, I don't know. I'm trying to think maybe the kids would be the more ones that would backlash it. I'm not sure. I just think at a certain age, maybe pre-college in general, there just needs to be a class for people that get them organized. And honestly, it's so easy now for somebody as a teacher to do that and just pull up a bunch of YouTube videos. Like, dude, just show them Matt Diavella videos. <laughs> and we would have a ridiculously more organized country who probably has less debt and is happier. But that's my, that's my spiel at the school system. No, I mean... You're definitely right with that. And it's so interesting that I think that this whole like self-organization thing comes up in conversations of, yeah, you know, like the degree doesn't as matter as much as like showing that you're a hardworking individual who gets like high grades. But a big part of being a hardworking individual is being someone who's organized and conscientious of where they're going. And it's so odd that we don't actually just address that soft skill and actually put it into work through hard skills like organization through notion or a physical agenda whatever works for different people i imagine this class would give a plethora of options and then mm. different people pick up different ones that they like but yeah it seems like it's like kind of this like innate game of like merit where it's like oh like did you happen to figure out a good way to organize your life and thus like be a little more productive Otherwise, like, I guess you could just be brilliant and be disorganized and get by. But for so many people, I think a lot of people are lacking because they just don't have the organization and that I don't understand why we wouldn't just teach that to people. Yeah. I guess one final thing before I wrap up this weird tangent is into the naysayers of the concept, like where would we fit that for at least the U S school system? I, I respond with a question. What is homeroom? What is homeroom? What is homeroom? Yeah, you just lost. Uh, so I would honestly replace study hall with organizational. I would cut study hall in half, give them organizational teaching, give them a longer lunch, get rid of homeroom, get rid of first period BSing, just like sitting there. Um, don't have that weird circumstance where you like make an excuse without like thinking of easy answers. Uh, like extend the school year like two or three weeks and then like pay your teachers like mildly more and then like like i don't know like you're gonna pay them actually probably the same amount as the amount of time they have for for like they have summers off or whatever but like i don't know like there's 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 a, there's a solution there but that anyways uh i think it's interesting how at the point in my life where i started to want to learn which is interesting during college i realized i was a fan of learning but not a fan of grades and like not a fan of learning for grades and organization and being obsessed with organization helped those grades prosper. And notion was a big part of that for me. See, for me, totally the opposite. I'm very extrinsically motivated in terms of school, even though I really enjoy what I do. I think seeing a letter grade means a lot to me. So for me, the reason I got started was there was a, 
obviously the LSAT being a huge extrinsic motivation that was like, I have to get a certain number like to and like, what will it take to get to that number? And it requires system improvements and some kind of better organization system, especially when you're on your own time on your own dollar in terms of studying for the summer. So essentially this whole thing for me got started with Google calendar as we've talked about before. Go check mm-hmm. out the, how chance got started on Google Calendar podcast episode. <laughs> Just me thanking Dimitri for an hour. But um, yeah, that eventually propelled me into the next step, which was Notion. Very daunting landscape to be trying to get started in. But yeah, once I started time blocking and getting my time back, I said, how, how can I go fully software and get away from this like 50-50 like looking at a calendar to figure out what I'm doing for my day on my laptop and then writing everything physically felt kind of barbaric. Yeah. Um, interesting. So funny enough, my mom asked me a couple of months ago or like a month and a half ago, like, Oh man, do you miss school? Cause like you guys are going back. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was in like late August. I'm like, not really. They're like, she's like, you don't miss schoolwork. I was like, honestly, very apathetic towards school. She's like, what do you mean? And I couldn't quite give an answer, but the answer came now. I was like, I just don't really know. Like, it wasn't like a big deal to me. But I don't think I miss it. And this is going to sound weird. You know, if people at my job hear this, like, they're going to be like, what? But outside of when I do YouTube things or when I'm doing the podcast with you, most of things in life since I've switched to this sort of frame of mind are just me enjoying the process of organizing things that I have to do then moving my body through the motions of doing said thing and having the satisfaction of it being checked off. And outside of YouTube, it's like, meh. Everything's just like, meh. (laughs) It's just the satisfaction of doing the checkbox thing. See, and I think that's a big reason why I've gravitated towards Notion as well, is shifting that extrinsic motivation from a, a grade to more so the process, at least disassociating from numbers, and then also allowing that checkbox gamification to enter into other spaces of my life so that other things don't go by the wayside for the sake of a grade and instead completing all the things that need to get done in different life buckets making sure that the gas is still getting filled in other spaces like self-care and just i don't know general well-being yeah it's interesting how it works like that and i'm i'm curious how like how have you noticed since using notion like what what did you like what what are you doing now that's different like positives negatives all that that sort of stuff like where are we at we can get into the nitty-gritty but i would say general highlight biggest positive biggest negative across all parts of my life from notion um biggest positive would have to be the creation of a nightly routine which i never had before oh okay So this isn't exactly school oriented or work per se, but it shows the versatility of Notion as well as Dimitri helped me set up the habit tracker, which is exclusively for self-care stuff as of now. Mm -hmm. I really don't have any other kind of self, well, I guess the writing something for the blog every day is on there actually. So it does have side hustle stuff, but um, yeah. Yeah, generally it's for self-care and this is a night slash morning routine for me where I start the night typically doing yoga. Um, I haven't been doing it every day 
since the the 30 day challenge has ceased, but still doing that. And then if I'm not doing that, I go into reading, which then I follow with meditation and then I journal. And in the following morning, I get to check all those boxes off because I don't look at my phone at night before I go to bed anymore. It's good. But, and then in the following morning, I write a blog sentence or two and that checks off all the boxes three for the previous day and one for the following day. So it's a night slash morning routine that has elevated my game and left me feeling much more satisfied in all the other parts of my life. I feel more restored when I wake up the next day. Like I think I've been sleeping like 10 times better, honestly, like meditating. Oh my God. Like I, I used to be someone who gets up and goes to the bathroom a lot when I sleep and According to this audiobook by Michael Pollan on caffeine, he's talking about the quarter life of half of caffeine in your body. And if you're someone who gets up to go to the bathroom during the night, the quality of your sleep goes down drastically. So okay. if you're getting up multiple times, that's a good indicator that you're not getting good sleep. So as of late, I, I have not gone up to use the restroom for probably a couple of weeks. I mean at least the frequency has gone down significantly. So I think my sleep has gotten a lot better. I'm able to get into a good flow when I do need to work. So I think that's the biggest positive taking a step back here from the notion implementation. Yeah. I and think that's interesting. I, I, I have as actually, I think with it's funny how we, we're doing a lot of things at the same time, uh, especially with notion and like habit tracking, like, since I started putting meditation on my daily medi- um, my daily habit tracker as well, now that I think about it, man, I don't have as many pee breaks during my sleep as I used to. Like, seriously. No, for sure. It's just like, I don't know what it is. I don't know what the neurology, psychology of this is, but like, I, I sleep like a freaking baby now. And maybe it's just because I'm putting yeah. my phone away. That could just be it. Well, it's interesting. So I have like a three-pronged approach to getting great sleep now. And I'll talk about it in my uh, minimalist evening routine slash bedtime routine video in like a month. But it's like I put the Calm app, like Calm Music on my phone. And there's studies to show that like if you get soft music, just like like rocking a baby to sleep with like chimes or whatever, like just like <laughs> white noise. Yeah. Uh, adults have the same response of like slowly getting sleepy. And then I will stretch for like 10 minutes with the music and no phone. And then I will read my Kindle paper white for like a chapter or two. So like 15 to 20 minutes or 10 to 20 minutes. And then I will meditate for 10 minutes and it's like a 45 minute routine. And I'm like, I conk the F out <laughs> and I am not awake at all during the night. And the main reason I stick to it is because I am addicted to checking off the dang boxes on my daily planner in notion. If that thing's not empty, I am upset. Exactly. I definitely agree with that. I mean, I mean, like I said, that's the reason I do it. I wake up every morning and get to hit those check boxes. I'm like, yeah, I did that. I did that stuff. So that's the biggest positive, just being able to make a good nightly routine that I can now speak on and know is really helping my life just generally. Biggest negative, and this is nitpicky, this is low hanging fruit, but I've noticed when I'm in class, I need to capture an idea, either an additional assignment that gets assigned to me that wasn't on the syllabus or like I have an idea, like I'll be listening to a lecture and my professor says something interesting that sparks like a a blog idea. And I'm like, oh, I need to like get that in notion. 
but I can't because I, I can't get my laptop out because I do all my notes handwritten, as I've said. I can't get my phone out, uh, obviously, and lecture. All of our professors are kind of, at least all my professors are kind of strict about that this semester, oddly enough. Really? Yeah, like like two of them strictly on their syllabus is like, if you t- like bring your phone out, like one of them is like, this counts as like an absence, like that's disrespectful. And the other one's like, I'll take your phone. <laughs> I wish you would take my phone, but... <laughs> what? It, it's It's odd, man. You would think at the college level, they wouldn't be doing this kind of disciplinary action, but I digress. Not being able to put things into Notion and capture them in either my con- capture inbox or my content ideas. I would say that's the only negative side of living solely on the software realm. All right, here's a solution. This is what we're going to do. You, there's two options. I, I, one option I came up with and then realized maybe it's not great. Uh, the first one was like basically have a discussion with your professor. Once you and I make the second brain, um, you could like, have that pinned as a widget and like press it and then capture the idea within 15 seconds and you can have an honest conversation with the professors like if i do that for more than 15 seconds like you explain the context which would be a very uncomfortable conversation and there might be mild favoritism so maybe this couldn't happen um basically be like if i if it's more than for 15 seconds like take my phone but obviously that's not great um, the other solution that i came up with just now that you could do is and this is just like the Voltaire quote fixes all problems. It's perfect as the enemy of good. <laughs> Anytime you get the idea at the top right of the page that you're on, write it. Then when we get your second brain going, you like how I had that grouped view, right? Where it's like got the idea buckets. You open the page up, quickly put it in the second brain, and then you're, you're good. Um, like when your class is over, do not wait. Just, just do it. You have to like, just make it a, like a non-negotiable that at the end of class, if you have any other sporadic idea, it's, it's going to get captured because the whole, like always capturing thing, my mental clarity is like five X what it was like earlier this year. Cause I just always let it out and it's weird. I don't know how to describe it, but meditation and letting it out, your mental clarity goes through the roof. I don't know why. Um, and I'm probably going to have a conversation with people in my personal life. Uh, cause people always ask me like, what are you doing your phone? Cause randomly I'll just whip it out really quick and like get f- furious, like let it out. And I probably need to have like a, a heart to heart with some people about like, all right, listen, it's, I'm not trying to be offensive or anything, but like, this is like very big life positive for me and I'm not trying to offend you and I'll do it in front of any, anybody. So don't take personal offense. So that's why I was thinking regarding talking to your professor about it. However, that's a sort of professional circumstance. That's not the exact same. And you're not like, when you get into a working environment, trust me, it'll be different. But like, you still have this weird like superiority complex that exists with professors. Yeah, I said it. And <laughs> like versus like college students who are also smart in their own right. Um, so I don't know if that's the right route. Sorry for the tangent. No, I definitely agree. And I have been going with the later option where I just, I write up in the top little like larger margin of my uh notebook page like the ideas that i have and i do stay behind after class and just capture most of that stuff or act on whatever it needs to be acted on if it is like a housekeeping or some kind of chore like that so that's been good um the widget idea i do like that i need to i've been meaning to make a, a notion widget and i just haven't decided what page is worthy of um getting the widget but i think the second brain 
above all else maybe the daily planner but i feel like the the second part um, makes more sense this is what i personally do so if you make a, a long widget that's like the size of two like mm. this it takes up a third it gives you three and what you can do is if you favorite uh your workspace so like the the home page at the top mm -hmm. and then you favorite the daily planner and the second brain and make sure they're the top three favorites that will show as the three that you can choose from and then if you swipe up it'll give you the three most recent pages that you've been on oh wow so that's that's my i think you should try that out personally yeah that that is uh it's going in the capture inbox do it now <laughs> write it down i don't care you're yeah, not offending we'll me we we have a big deal with people and i'm not gonna like life life discipline not discipline life lecture people but i have found personally that and this is something that's pretty common knowledge and it comes to like relational uh, therapy and whatnot like a, a big issue between people is a lack of communication about a contentious subject so i know what you're doing i don't care <laughs> no i i definitely agree and that's that's the difficulty right when you're talking about this mental clarity is you're it seems like you're doing the opposite it seems when you get on your phone to start doing something you seem anything but present but what exactly you're trying to do is vacuum all of this stuff out of your brain all this clutter so that you can then go on being present in the moment so i think having an honest conversation with people in your life about that is important well like you know how you have mental clarity moments in the shower right um mm -hmm. ali abdel talked about this it's like the auditory what is it something response system um what is that i'm gonna google this because i'm not sure what is the name of the system your brain goes to in the shower uh, I think it's, what is this called? Why do ideas come to us in the shower? Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys, but there's, there's a, there's a system that your body, your brain goes into when you have like no input mm -hmm. and you have like this weird level of still your body is constantly processing in the background. And that's why in the shower, when you don't have random input from technology coming in, you'll have an epiphany. Ali Abdel has like a waterproof notebook in the shower so that he will not ever not be able to capture stuff like that <laughs> that he has like foolproof the not getting the ideas out and no, there is brilliant. this yeah it is brilliant and there's this idea that joey schweitzer talked about better ideas where and i've mentioned this in the podcast before like if you what you're doing when you're taking notes or journaling or letting ideas out is you're delegating ideas or stressors to either a piece of paper or technology so what you can communicate to people personally, and maybe you can have a keyword, say with your significant other, like you can be like, hey, partner, because um, you've said girlfriend before, you said partner, you've said, you've used all the acronyms, it's funny, or not acronyms, <laughs> um, what's it called? Uh, pronouns. Pronouns. Um, just be like, if I say the word idea, that means I'm having like an idea, I'm having something I need to capture, I'm not trying to offend you, I'm not moving out my phone to scroll through much social media, is it okay if this is an understanding that we have? I feel like that's going to be a big thing the next time I get in a relationship and to do it with people like you, I'll just probably have the keyword idea. Like I'm not trying to be rude and like check my email or something. I'm just like, I have, if I capture this, my life will improve. Sorry, not sorry. Not only does that establish good boundaries, but it also lets her know that you're a, a notion freak from the get-go. 
dude facts bro what do you tell yeah <laughs> like if anyone dates me in the future like they're gonna be like oh god he makes productivity videos <laughs> so they'll comes know. with the territory baby like if i made a, a what's it called a tinder or a, a hinge or something i'm gonna put like as my profile like my bio like if you're into google calendar as much as i am it's gonna be great <laughs> if you're into google calendar as much as i am then we can schedule a date <laughs> <laughs> you want to go on my calendly link <laughs> we can make it a recurring task oh man anyways hell um so difficulties of notion when i first got started um and i think dimitri I think you and I had a honest conversation about this. I think it's maybe, I don't know if this is one of the main motives for you making a notion series, but early on when I came to you and said that I wish someone on YouTube would just start from scratch and explain to me this daunting and expansive app, because there's so much I wanted to do and it was so difficult to get started anywhere. So thankfully Dimitri has been able to, make templates, go check them out on riseproductive.com. Super helpful for me in terms of daily planner, habit tracker. Um, I don't even remember what else. What else did the we build calendar. recently? The task calendar precisely. Um, yeah, like it's all really great stuff and it's a very powerful app, but where to start can be a very difficult thing to do. So Thankful for me, I had someone that was already the master on the inside who knew all the tricks and trades, but I think that was difficult. And additionally, learning how to translate my organization and workflow, because as you said, I was kind of living in a world of chaos. So fitting it into a, an organized cosmos was um, difficult at first, but being able to, I, I think I'm in a flow. I don't know if I've just like changed all my, <laughs> my work habits or if they actually like merged smoothly onto the onto the software both probably from my perspective both as your as your former roommate it's i definitely think both like you you do some things the same way you just have a different place to track it all and you change them habits uh thanks for that i think honestly you were the i mean like you brought it up and i was like oh that's a there's like eight video ideas right off the bat like if i made a video on each of my parts of my setup like that could help people if they don't know how to make a setup now, I, I, I do kind of want to make like a basic notion, notion principles course. Like, for example, I'm making a video on like how to use columns, um, <laughs> how to like cust use custom icons and improve your notion aesthetic. Like, why not? I think a lot of people can benefit from those videos. And those are tricks of the trade that you that like it's like top five notion secrets. That's why I first a few of my videos were like how to make more color and have more colors in notion for text, how to uh do just random small stuff and i think then from there i was like i can build out some stuff for people so i'm glad that helped you you were the main inspiration so i'm glad it i'm glad that it worked for you because i was like all right i'm gonna do this for the channel but i'm also gonna do it for chance because he brought it up and it was a good idea yeah i mean there was no one on the scene that's doing what you're doing which is starting from scratch even like um thomas frank like he doesn't go in from like ground zero and explains to someone which i feel like that's most people that are looking up Notion videos or people who need that how-to of how to how to make two columns or why you need an inline table to make two columns. <laughs> like just like one oh one stuff. Um super helpful for me. So Yeah. And getting into how I use it now, I guess 
I guess we've kind of talked about the daily planner, but I think this maybe is one of the nicest benefits I've also seen from Notion. So somewhere where I just have everything hosted is so fulfilling because I'm able to put my master schedule in one third of the three columns. I have the capture inbox, which is just where I can just like write down ideas. Like I've already written two down during this video in the capture inbox. Yep. (laughs) And I forget what's the third thing on my capture inbox here. Um, Oh, that's right. It's my Google calendar. So the sync Google calendar. I don't even know what you would call that integration acronym, but um, yeah, essentially I'm able to see what I have on deck for the day in terms of where I need to be at certain times and also tasks that need to get done. And it's so nice that it's all in one place. Whereas before, if you think back to my hardware set, this was me whipping out an agenda and then cranking my neck over to my wall and looking at my calendar. And of course, if Hmm. I'm not working from home, the calendar isn't there. So then it becomes even more chaotic because I don't know exactly what big tasks are coming that day or where maybe I need to be at a certain time in order to figure out when at a different time I can fulfill the tasks that are on that daily planner. I remember it was funny. Uh, so his nickname's M. His real name's E. So E-C. Okay. And I yeah. had a lot of classes together, especially the year that uh, before COVID, we, I mean, we had like every class together. I felt like for a while, even during COVID when it was online, but he would see me like whipping out notion during class and be like, Oh, you're going to plan to plan like your daily planner. And I'm like, yeah, I have my daily planner. And that was when it was in its <laughs> infancy, right? I had to do a lot of scrolling. It wasn't a lot of columns or whatnot. But like the second that I had the epiphany of like what relational databases are and like, wait a second, if I take where the main planning session happened and like, filter it so that everything's today like i have one page that's my whole life and like i never have to think again about like what i need to do if i just whip out this one page on my phone or about this one page on my computer like i'm set when i'm need when i need to take action and that's that's why the daily planner is so big for me and that's why it's evolved like i don't need to open up my google calendar on the day i don't need to open up my habit tracker on the day i don't need to open up my journal page on the day everything's there and i'm like I'm gold in there. And that's something that I think has been really powerful. I I like how you brought that up and it's definitely been powerful for you because you did have systems that were just so like, I don't, how do I word this? Uh, Systematic whiplash. Yeah. I I definitely agree. Yeah. No, it was systematic whiplash because I was always getting things done for the most part. There were times when there, there was definitely a couple of times I can remember when, I forgot that I had to go complete some menial task. Like one time I'd like pick up a jacket and I was like cooking a meal and Dimitri saw me rush out the the back door with my bike. That's funny, yeah. Yeah. So stuff like that where that was the whiplash. Like I was going from homework, cooking, and ideally homework again. You just throw this stressor right in the middle of it that creates that whiplash or toggling from one task to another and even losing time in between not knowing exactly what to do next because you don't have that daily planner, that can be really difficult. And I think it's been nice. I've been able to gamify with the checkboxes as well, because I did have that before my daily planners never had like the physical ones never had little checkboxes. So I would just like draw little squares and then tick them, 
which was it, it was fun then and it's it's still fun now but yeah i think the most powerful thing about notion is being able to create it where you're not toggling through a bunch of different pages so for me it's daily planner and then task and event calendar which is essentially where if you've seen any of Dimitri's videos, it's where everything is hosted. M- mine looks incredibly similar as he has been the mentor in this process. But yeah, at, at first it only had my academic stuff, which was fine. I had every task, which takes up most of the tasks in my life on the calendar. And I knew when things were going to come. I could Parkinson's law things so that if it was due on a Friday, I could move it up to Wednesday and just like get it done when I knew nothing else had to get done. And using that in tandem with a Google Calendar is incredibly powerful because you're able to see the number of tasks that need to get done on that day and see the number of hours you have to do that day. You're golden. The only thing I would need left is to like start toggling my time and figuring out how long it takes me to do these assigned tasks. Yeah. Um, but if I did that... <laughs> I don't know about that. I tried that. It's interesting. I used to use Toggle all the time. Uh, not the like biggest fan uh, of like using it forever. I think I will always say this. Like, uh, one second. I just got this idea. Uh, idea. Cue word. Idea. Um, Capturing like, bugs. At this point, second brain. Uh, that's not a. It wasn't a <laughs> task immediately. If it's a task immediately, it'd be, be capturing bugs. Uh, but so right. like. I don't think it's good to continuously track your time all the time outside of, I'd say going through like bi-monthly like assessment section sessions where you like track your time for a week is good or something like that. Maybe I haven't Mm -hmm. done that in a long time, but what's good is in the initial stages of your life is once you get like a Google calendar going and all that kind of stuff, if you use toggle to like track your life for like a month uh, and like loosely and then you can like systemize your Google Calendar to figure out where can you condense it in Parkinson's Law yourself better. Like, I shouldn't be taking this amount of time on average to do said task, uh, etc. And I just actually had this idea, by the way. Theoretically, you could take the habit tracker and integrate it with the task and event calendar by making all the stuff that you have for the task and event calendar have a filter on it where the task group is habit and it does not show the ones that are habit, but you could use, but then you can do the inverse of that for the habit tracker. So it's all the same database. I don't know why I would do that, but that just occurred to me. I feel like I would and wouldn't like that. I kind of enjoy compartmentalizing that, the yeah. habit tracker because as much as it feels like I'm going back on myself, right? Because I think you start with this grand expansive notion and the most powerful way to use it is to condense that power into as few of places as possible. But there's still a limit to this where you need to be able to just separate life things. And I think for me, if I had the daily habit tracker in my master calendar, I wouldn't have that satisfying feeling of, because I'm trying to work in the off day like you do on Sundays where I don't do any school stuff i just do sunday football and be a degenerate and there's something (laughs) satisfying about being able to have zero in on the master calendar especially at least like with work stuff ideally i would have nothing there which i typically don't have much other committal stuff on sundays but 
if the habits were sitting there, I think there would be a little bit of stress just seeing a couple of things need to get done. Not like self-care things bring me that stress or a big sense of responsibility, but it's a box to check off nonetheless. You know what? Now that I think about it, actually, for database speed purposes, it's probably better that it's separate because I think if it's all together, it would like make more in the same database, have to like load the data. So that's an idea. Anyways, um, what uh, what do you 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 not like still about Notion? What do I not like still? Um, so initially, as I was reading the Omnivore's Dilemma, also by Michael Pollan, he talks about mm. eating seasonally, and I think it was back in August I started up this meal planner, and this was a template I grabbed off the internet. It was a meal planner where essentially you had meals like scheduled out so it has like monday breakfast lunch dinner etc for each day of the week you have a archive of all your recipes which i really enjoy that's the thing i've actually found a lot of value in is being able to archive all these things and i want to make more archives with a, a second brain and then when you're doing the recipes you put in each of the um ingredients so there's like an inventory list and like a shopping list of like what you have at home and what you need to have. Mm. So the big point is I don't understand relations that well okay. in, in order to fix this because um, like I like I said, I, I find a lot of value in having all my recipes in a nice organized place like this now versus a notes app where it's 20 scrolls to get to the bottom. Yeah. But it, it it doesn't work well with the other parts of this. So I'm tempted to go through and rebuild this myself now that I have a little more of an understanding. But I would still have to figure out the relations. Because it would be powerful to have a, a list of what I need to get from the grocery store and all my meals in one place. I have a solution for you. And I maybe can try to hammer in what relations are to you. Uh, so essentially, I have a meal calendar. Or not meal calendar. A meal planner and like a meal database that I made, like that template. I would recommend taking that template and I can go through with you when we're in person and add a relation. Uh, and a relation is just a property that like connects the two. So what you could do is if you like on a certain day of the week, like make crock pot rice and beans on a Tuesday, right? What you do is in that property, you would type like crock pot rice and beans, like that relation property. And it would like load that page. You press it, press the page, it connects the two. And then when you open up that task, rather than you needing to like go and copy all the stuff into that page, you can just like open that page from that property really quick. And it would go into your meal planner database and be like, okay, here's like the instructions and everything. That's what I wanted to start doing. And I, and, mm -hmm. um, and I think that's, I'm gonna actually second brain that. Cause I, I have that in my head, but I haven't written it down. What the heck? Why did I not write that down? Dummy. <laughs> But that could work for you. Yeah, that would be that would be sick. I'm trying to think what else I don't enjoy here. Just looking at my my Notion page. Um, I think anything that I don't enjoy is on my own part because I've just haven't built the systems that are perfect yet. Like I have a a journal, which a lot of these things need to get moved into my content ideas. But at the same time, I'd rather make a second brain now. Because Dimitri mm -hmm. and I were sitting here before we started the podcast and he built an epic second brain that I want to emulate on my own notion where I can just put 
everything from side hustles, school, housekeeping stuff, what have you, all in one place. So that would be really nice. So there's some things that need to get like more concise. Yeah. And make less pages, especially the, the the most aggravating thing for me, I guess, is on the left when you have all those pages, like all your favorites and your private stuff here. Uh, there's just too many. I just I want to be able to hide that and with the um the global header, I've been able to achieve that more and more. But Well, you know you can toggle it off, right? Oh yeah, I know you can toggle oh, yeah, it off. Like, sometimes what? it's like well yeah, sometimes it's just like Oh, I haven't put that as a global header yet. So let me go yeah. over here. That is a big gripe. Like you want you want your cake and eat it too in that circumstance, and I want it too. And my solution has been like, all right, I won't have this stuff to the left. My solution is all my pages outside of my home page are housed with and the the hub are housed within my Notion workspace, like my 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 home page, and then I just always press the home page. Um and then what I've been doing recently is in a lot of sub pages like in all my second brain ones like i just have the header in there like why not i just have the header like everywhere i can i've even considered starting to do it for more uh i don't know i've considered do it putting it in places that are like crazy but i don't want to have like a million sinks i don't know how that's going to work database wise i think that messed things up but like you know like inside of uh just like inside of sub pages like just having the header because why not um but I guess yeah. there's always the option to click at the top. It's hard. It's hard to like find that balance that like isn't too many synced headers. Because I have a feeling if you like had it synced literally everywhere over time, like that would there would be degradation of that of some sort of there'd have to be degradation of that. Like they can't sync over a million pages. I feel like that would mess things up. Like twenty something or thirty something's like a lot as it is. Yeah, that's a good point. But it's not a bad habit to put the global header into every page that you build even if that page itself isn't on the global header it's not a it's not a bad habit to get back to the the most important things the most as efficiently as you can yep yeah i um other than that like i said i don't think i have any huge gripes oh i guess another thing for me that i have not been able to move over to digitally is when i downloaded i think it was your daily planner it had the daily highlight which i simply just don't get I understand I understand the concept of a daily highlight and I do it often on a post-it note because as I have like a I'm like a serial post-it note person now like I bought like a pack of like 30 thick post-it note things and like it was like a hell of a deal but now I have a ton of post-it notes and I'll just like whip it out a lot of times in the morning when I'm blogging and checking off the self-care tasks I did the night before and I'll just say what are the big things I need to get done today? And I'll just like post it on my laptop if I'm going to work somewhere else or I put it on my wall right in front of my desk if I'm working from home for the day. So it's a good way to get everything out in terms of what my goals and agenda is for the day. But yeah, I, I, I don't know a good way of putting that into Notion yet just because... um. I guess with the the weekly yep. aspect of it, don't you have to delete it and like redo it every week? No, uh, I just like change the property to finished and it disappears. See, yeah. Again, this is just me needing to be more versed in Notion, but I would like to get to that place where I have a daily highlight in Notion because I think it's a nice thing, especially for the daily, um, daily planner. That'd be nice to just have right at the top, like 
this is today's goal. And like everything seems to be, you know, under that. I have an idea for you because I, I think I like how I do it. This is for you. Uh, take, add a property to your task and event calendar, right? Make that property be a select status. Have that property literally just be a, an, a star emoji. Mm-hmm. And then like require, they like show that on like the properties, you know, on like the list, you can show like the tags and whatnot, like show it on the properties for the daily highlight. You can show the star there if you want. Yeah. And then at the, if as an extra one at the top, you could also like post a little relation and it's always, and you know what size it's going to be. It's always going to be one thing. Um, mm-hmm. And that would be like filter it so that it's like all the same stuff as the daily, daily planner stuff. Like it's today, it's not checked off. Right, and right. it also has the star. Oh. That was a, yeah, I just wrote that down. Yeah, I need to write that down. Third capture inbox idea for the the podcast today. Because I feel like for you that's Incredible. better because it's not, because for me it's like, do you journal in Notion? Mm, yes. I do it on the philosophy journal page. Okay. Like I journal in Notion and like it's connected to my daily highlight and my daily highlight is the name of my journal entry every day and I have a roll up right that Mm -hmm. takes the date and like makes it so that like my journal entry gives my daily highlight a date which is kind of like backwards but it works so that over time i can see what my daily highlight and journal have been um so it's that but it's so weird i guess my daily height is a little abstract because like i'll have podcast today but like that's my daily highlight but it's not it's not like exclusive to to like the journal and stuff so it's weird. It's like an extra checkoff box, kind of. So for your purposes, it would make sense to just add a property with a star or whatever and then like filter it so it's required to have that and then show the properties um, on your daily like planner. Like show like, okay, this thing's a star. And every day you can just set like, what is the most important thing I want to do today? If I do this thing, my day will be fulfilled. Just mm-hmm. put a star. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that makes sense. I should, uh, it's in the capture inbox now. It's, it, it's going to get done. Let's go. Don't you worry. Let's go. Yeah. Other than that, can't really complain. Um, I would say, I mean, generally my productivity has astronomically increased and I was actually talking about this with someone the other day because I feel like there's so much less on my hands now. And I think anyone who gets deep enough into notion where they're building these habits and taking less like thinking responsibility recall of tasks that need to get done when you take that off your hands you feel this sense of it, it almost feels like i'm less sharp because i don't have to remember all of these things but at the same time i'm getting all my work done so like i actually felt this today because i got an essay done in like record time and I just knew I had to get it done. I did it on the time that I had to do it. I never had to remember, oh, like this essay is coming up. It was always like in my face in the master calendar. And when I completed it, I was like, this doesn't feel like very adequate work. And being, a, I mean, at least the professor thought it was great because I got a good grade on it, but I'm spending less and less time thinking about what I have to get done and just doing the stuff. So in a sense, I feel duller, but I think the energy is just getting pushed into the content I am creating. 
That's great. I love all that. Jim Rohn talks about this. Like every hour you spend planning, you get like two back or something. And, and it's like, that's what I was talking about exactly earlier in the podcast where I said, anytime that I am doing something now outside of YouTube, the feeling I have is meh. And it's not a negative. It's just like, yeah, I'm doing the thing. Like, do I feel like, and it's, it's weird because at work I'm getting recognized for some things and like output or whatnot. And I was getting recognized at school for output at a higher level than before, but I'm like, I'm just doing the things. Like, it's not a big, it's like, I'm just, the thing tells me to do it. I do it. And I have this, this theory that I just came up with. And I, I, I don't know if it's a theory. I think it's more like a, a, I think this is probably how it works in science and I'm not sure but less required brain power. It's like a decision fatigue concept, right? If you need to make less, if you use less of that gas in the tank towards what do I need to do, you can think of more ideas and use more energy towards creating ideas and doing things. And then when you Mm -hmm. extrapolate that over the fact that like every single day, you never really have to think about what you're doing outside of planning sessions, which are satisfying to me at this point. Like that's one of my favorite parts of the week. I'm like, and I have it built out so that I literally have an ideal week framework set up all the time. So now I just take my, my, uh, my templates and just drag them and I'm done. And then on top of that, it's like you have the ability soon here to capture like everything in your life. And like, You'll never have to think like I'm, I'm I want to get to the point where I don't have to think about like what's the next TV show I want to watch. Like no, I don't have to like waste time thinking about that. I don't want I don't want to waste time on that. Like that's not that's not bringing me life value and that sounds too like what is it right brained? Is it which one's the one that's I think um, right brain is the organized side yeah, of like, your brain. Maybe that sounds too right brain to some people. Maybe people like living in the gray areas. And I do to a certain extent. However, living in the gray areas when it comes to like tangibly doing things, no, like screw that. Like screw the gray area when it comes to getting work done. Like people want to work less, but they want to like have this weird freedom. It's that whole concept again. Remember we talked about this before. Like why do people sign up for four years of school? Because innately everyone likes being told what to do. Exactly. Yeah. People love people's idea of freedom is doing things that they'd like but if anyone has tried to decide what you're going to do with a group of friends or a partner for the evening like where you're going to eat is a point of contention for so many people no one enjoys choosing where they're going to go eat at like what new restaurant they want to go try but everyone like enjoys the freedom of actually going and doing that thing and when you eliminate those menial and frustrating decision decisions out of your life you're going to be much more fulfilled yeah people it, it, it makes me lose my mind how much people think they like freedom when tangibly it's it's like people love social order it's odd it's really odd like as a creative a big issue a lot of people find is they will like not make videos for months because they don't have someone just telling them when to do stuff and that's like the biggest stressor that like thomas frank talks about that he has and other youtubers and i'm just like that makes a lot of sense. Like when you're just told what to do all the time, you're in, you're, it's interesting, right? Most people say that the like work telling them what to do is what bothers them. But honestly, I think it's the fact that in the gray areas, when we see it from a, from a social, social, political, all these different standpoints, like with minimalism, especially like in the gray areas, people generally speaking, not to just 
crap on people in general, but like in the gray areas, honestly, a lot of the stuff self-destructed, self-destructive. People will not be intentional about like improving their mental health. They will just go down the rabbit hole of buying stuff or like binge watching TV shows. Like in the gray areas, bad decisions are generally made. That's what I've noticed, at least with like this world we live in, because we are unfortunately in a world where the gray areas are controlled by media, they're controlled by marketing, and you just get forced to doing the thing that decreases your mental health, decreases your bank account savings, like all those things. Exactly. Create less gray area, be more intentional. Intentionalism. I'm going to make a book one day. I'm going to make a book. I'd love to co-write. Oh, that'd be dope. We could write a book. We could be like Jake Knapp and John Zeratsky with the book Make Time. (laughs) That'd be fun. That'd be epic. Dreamline. Any final thoughts uh, here, Dimitri? Um, Final thoughts. If you're still listening at this point in the podcast, thank you so much. Uh, It's been amazing to see we've gotten a lot more reviews lately. Uh, According to Apple podcast data, like our average retention is like in the 80 high 80s, low 90s. Like people listen to the majority of our podcasts. I haven't dropped you that nugget yet. But when we have a podcast that does well, um, which have been a lot of them recently, it's high 80s, low 90s. So people listen through most of this. So if you're at this point, thank you so much. I really appreciate every second you spend with the two of us. And if you could please leave us a review if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts, all you got to do is scroll to the bottom of our show page, press five stars. And if you want to write something out, write it out. Yes. And um, as I've said multiple times, I'm going to plug the Rice Productive YouTube channel here. I wouldn't be here on Notion or Google Calendar the way I slowly moved from novice to getting towards expert without the help of Dimitri Panici and his YouTube videos. So go check that stuff out. The page is climbing and I imagine that's why most of you are here listening to the podcast for more excellence. But if you're not here because of the YouTube channel, go check it out. Go subscribe. Dude's killing the game. He's being humbled. The reason people are coming here is because we have entertaining conversations because you're my friend. That's why. Um, that's, that's the reason. Because <laughs> we vibe. Because we vibe. <laughs> we do vibe. And with that, being said, this is episode uh, 70 of the Rise Productive Podcast. Thank you for listening and we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye. <laughs>